It didn't listen to me. It walked out of the thicket. It turned around and looked at me. They looked up, and in this tree, there was a monkey man. And the monkey man jumped down out of the tree and started running away. And suddenly, they're right in front of the car. He slams on the brakes and manages to stop. And he's skidding because it's not quite, you know, um, gravelling. And for literally for about a second and a half, they just stood there because they don't know where to go. And you tell them panicking, they're like ripping up their 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 faces like twitching. Bigfoot Society. This is your host, Jeremiah Byron. Every week I talk to different people in the cryptozoology field. You never know who's going to be on next week. If you'd like to sponsor the show, head on over to patreon.com forward slash the Bigfoot Society. You get access to a ton of things there, including a close-knit cryptid community on Discord where you can connect with like-minded cryptid researchers and enthusiasts, weekly bonus content, the ability to hang out with each week's guest after the main show, exclusive merch, and much, much more. This week, we get to talk to a new friend, Jeff Craig, from The Map in Black. What's The Map in Black? Well, you're going to love this interview. We talk all about it, map making, and so much more, and how that connects to cryptozoology. All right. Well, Bigfoot Society, we have got Mr. Jeff Craig from such things as uh, you may know him from Map in Black, uh, a ton of different cool maps. Uh, Jeff, thank you so much for coming on and chatting with us tonight. I'm glad to be here, Jeremiah. Thanks for having me. Yeah, dude. Do you mind uh, sharing a little bit about yourself? You sent me a bio, which was probably the most amazing bio that I've ever <laughs> oh, no. gotten. From. I was like, wow, this is there's a ton of info on here. But I'm curious. If you had to boil it down, what would you like yeah. the the, view, the viewers to know about yourself before we get started? Yeah, yeah. I just I started rambling uh, the other night with that uh, email, and um, it just it got carried away. I don't have like a bio uh, document that I just send out, right. so um, I just I kind of curtailed it, and I wasn't sure where you would want to go with it. Um, to boil it down, I um, you know this one word maps. Uh, I, I, I work in, um, the mapping field and I enjoy maps. My roommates in college called me Mr. Maps. Um, and I just, um, it's always been an interest of mine. So I'm very lucky that I can pair my work, uh, with, with my passion. And, um, you know, if there's one thing I I would say is, is to do what you love and then you'll never work a day in your life. I mean, it's not my saying at all. <laughs> I mean, that's it's just so true. And yeah. now, granted, my day job is not as fun as as my other maps that I make uh, for kind of for fun on the side, but it's still enjoyable enough. So, um, yeah, I, I'm a cartographer. I make maps, and uh, I went to school for it, and I was lucky enough oh, wow. to find some jobs doing it, and I, I've done it on and off for 25 years. Wow is is that a is there a certain school you go to? Is that just like you know go to any state university and you can learn map making, or did you have to go to a specialized school for that? No, it was um, 
It was your state college. I, wow. um, I was, you know, my undergrad was um, in education and um, I actually started as an accounting major, but that doesn't really matter um, uh, because just because like my dad's like, you should major in business, right. be, you know, business majors have good job <laughs> opportunities. And after a year of accounting, I'm like, this is horrendous. Nothing against accountants. I love the fact I that there are people. It. Yeah, I couldn't. Yeah. I couldn't. So uh, after uh, one semester of accounting and a semester of economics and a year of calculus, I was like, why am I studying this stuff? I mean, I, I didn't do well in calculus. I mean, it's a leader class for sure. And I mm. barely got by, but um, I, I just, I'm like, if this is what college is going to continue to be, then I need to assess, reassess. And I did. So I, I finished up with an undergrad in social studies education. And in, in doing so, you take a lot of social sciences uh, including geography and history and uh, poli sci and all the all the different social sciences, but I really uh, found geography to be the most interesting, and uh, and I always had, and I guess I just didn't realize that you could actually do something with that. So after my senior year, I just moved straight into grad school, and I uh, went from Miami University in Oxford, Ohio, for my undergrad, to, uh, about forty miles away down to Cincinnati. Uh, to the University of Cincinnati and and started a master's degree in geography. And there you study all kinds of things. You study spatial distributions, and that uh, can be a lot of things. Uh, geography is a topic. It's not really a subject. You can apply a lot of subjects to geography. Um, and um, so this was in the early 90s. GIS was not around. I know you've talked to a couple guests about GIS, Geographic Information Systems, which exactly. is basically the computer... Uh, software that um, analyzes spatial data. And um, so the, the foundings of it were there, and I took some computer cartography courses, but they didn't call it GIS at that time. Uh, so uh, I'm not like a total tech nerd, um, I'm probably enough to be dangerous. So um, I was taking those classes, and, and they do give you a cartography class. In fact, I took a class that taught you how to draw maps the old-fashioned oh, cool. way with the old ink pens. Yeah. Um, that was just one quarter. They were on a quarter system at the time. So 10 weeks of, of doing that just to help you understand the process and some of the terminology, which they still use in the field in computer cartography. Uh, but it all goes back to when they, they drew maps by hand. So I, I was able to really, they, I think they stopped that soon after I went there. So I felt very lucky that I even got to have that sort of insight into uh, drawing maps by hand. So that makes, I mean, I'm, I'm starting to piece it together. Definitely, you know, having all that schooling, it makes sense that like you're, you've been making all these fun. I mean, I, I think they're not just fun, but they are very useful in mm -hmm. our field mm -hmm. maps. hundred percent. Sure. Yep. But before right. we get into that, um, a weird side question growing up, did you, were you, you know, I love certain books and I yep. love it when they have maps in them. Yeah. Um, are there certain maps that like you remember from your childhood or reading books that you're like, wow, I just I really like the details on that one. Mm -hmm. Or uh, mm -hmm. is there any any of those that uh, stand out to you from your memory? I'm just looking behind me to see uh, if I had it. Um, Tolkien. Yeah, dude. 
Lord of the Rings, uh, the maps in the front, I'm like, these aren't detailed enough. I need to know like where they are. And, um, uh, and there's a guy out there who's making um, maps around the world, including the U S in the Tolkien style. I think oh, he's called Lord wow. of the maps. Uh, so cool. if anyone wants to look into that, uh, that's just, I don't know the guy. I have no idea. I think he might be British, but I'm not sure. Um, and um so I, I kudos to him. I love it. But yeah, I, I that um, any anything I would read, I really just I, I wanted to have that spatial component. You know, I I, um, I read some books. You know, still I, I I try to read, and and because of my desk job and different things mm. and driving, I, I listen to a lot of books. And I just listened. Uh, it's, it was a couple of years ago, but I listened to The Road by Cormac McCarthy. I believe. And um, if I'm wrong, I'm sorry, but I believe that's who wrote it. Um, And and they turned it into a movie and it's got Viggo Morganson. So it's a post-apocalypse. Yeah. Lord of the Rings connection. Right. It all all comes back. It all comes back together. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So uh, he, uh, it's a post-apocalyptic world and he and his son are walking from somewhere in the Midwest down uh, through the Appalachians to the coast. Probably, I think it was uh, maybe the Carolinas or maybe it was down into Florida. I can't remember. But I, uh, at, at the time, like I wanted a map because he was, re- he really did a good job. Like he was referencing, he must've done a lot of research and I don't know if he lives in that area, but like just the local geography was really cool. And, um, and then I got online and they were people that were like, had made maps to show the road that they, that, that not, it wasn't even a road, you know, trails and what paths that, that he took. So I thought that was cool. That's dude. And, uh, Tolkien map. That's the one I had in my mind. A hundred percent. Yeah. It's, it's rocking. Well, it's so cool that he included it originally. And, um, you know, just, uh, the fictitious maps and there's so many cool world building maps. I'm not into any of that stuff. My son did that a little bit with some world building. Uh, he's in college now, but I just, um, you know, that I, uh, I miss that. And I guess I could get into it, but, uh, there's, I guess some great tools and great software for building your own maps these days on computers. Mm-hmm. I'm sure. I'm sure of it, man. And I'm kind of doing that myself. I mean, I'm building maps with cryptids in them. I mean, that's in a way that's its own world map, right? So it really is. And we're actually let's start to get it's to get into it a little bit. So viewers have probably they may not have heard your name, but they've probably heard what you make, which. Mm-hmm. You know, that's just an you know that's okay. I'm, Bigfoot I'm, society than Jeremiah mm-hmm. Byron, which is fine. Yeah. Uh, right. But explain to the to the viewers, like, you know, what? Let's go over first. What are the maps that you've you've made so far mm-hmm. that we would mm-hmm. know you for? We'll be right back. Hey, it's Pat Flynn here, host of the award-winning podcast, The Smart Passive Income Podcast, which was created to help you learn how to become an entrepreneur. And in the simplest way, too, you know, entrepreneurship can be very difficult. I like to simplify things. And I interview people like Josh Hall and Shane and Jocelyn Sams and Maria Fela. Who are they? Well, they're people just like you, people who have taken action after listening to the show and have built a business that has changed their lives. And I'd love to share an episode with you that I think will inspire you to get started, too. Check out the link in the description or go to smartpassiveincome.com slash 122 to get inspired, get what you need to get started, and change your life. You got this, and thank you. 
really probably just two. Uh, I started and uh, I don't have one in front of me, but um, yeah. Just go off camera real quick. So a uh, quick backstory and I just interrupt any time because I, I may just ramble, but um <laughs> And I'll give you the background because you would probably ask anyways, like, why did you make this map? So here is a Hidden Ohio Map and Guide. It's the new fourth edition. Just Ooh. came out last week. Wow. The ink is it's got fresh. got that smell. Yes. It's got that smell. And it's a huge map. And uh, there's small town monsters. They took a panel ad for me. Oh, yes. Dude, Momo right here. Yeah. And uh, some other things, uh, some other West Virginia Flatwoods Monster. Shout yes, out to Andy Smith. Yes. Um, Ghost of Ohio. Some of my friends that uh, that hunt ghosts in, in, in Ohio. Uh, Moonville Tunnel is my favorite spot in Ohio as a haunted spot. They the Vinton County took up took an ad. So, uh, but yeah, you keep unfolding the map, and it's a huge thirty-eight by fifty map. And uh, so if you're on the, um, if you're just listening, you can't really see this, but um, it, it's a huge map, the old fashioned paper map, two sided color map, and uh, it pinpoints haunted places and cryptids and UFOs and, and kind of the umbrella of uh, the paranormal world. So that was the first map I did. It came out in 2007. Mm. Uh, first edition and uh, didn't know how it would go. I just really did it as a labor of love, just, just out of my own interest. And uh, it was successful. 5,000 copies were sold in about a year. So wow. I updated it because after the first edition, I, I knew that there were some things that you know I wanted to change. Did a second edition, another five, I think did five or 7,000 copies. Uh, another year or so, those sold out. And then did a third edition. I was happy with the way that looked. So for about 10 years, had that edition and just reprinted that as needed. And then after 10 years, things changed. So I realized I needed to update the map. And so um, made this the fourth edition. Uh, and uh, I didn't want to keep printing the third. Uh, uh, and I had sold out and I needed, I was out for about a year. Um, but I'm like, I'm not going to print more third edition. I want, cause I needed to change some stuff. So, um, so the fourth edition just came out and it's, it's ready. It's out there. Celticmaps.com. You can order it from me online. You can find it at, um, a couple places around the country that, that carry it. Um, so that's the first map and that's, that was really my passion. That's what started me off doing this. And then um, people kept asking me if I had other states. So, I mean, I'm in Ohio. I'm in Cincinnati. And, um, you know, Ohio is obviously my stomping grounds. I grew up in Illinois, but I've been in Ohio longer than I've been in Illinois. So I've been in Ohio for over 30 years now. And um, so I, um, you know, I thought about doing other states. I looked into, um, you know, the neighboring states. I looked into Illinois since that's where I grew up. I thought, well, maybe Florida. That's you know, big kind of tourist state, or I thought maybe I'll group New England together and, and just make one big map of that uh, because they're small states and they would fit. Right. And um, it's historic and there's lots of stuff going on. So I just, I never, nothing really just kind of um, got me going. I kind of started and stopped. I kind of laid out the process of what that would look like on a map and, and I just, I, it, nothing, the passion wasn't there. Mm. However, in 2012, I laid out 
a map of the entire country. And I said, why don't I just map the entire country? Yeah. So over the course of the next 10 years, I researched things as time allowed. My kids were growing up, you know, work, different, you know, things, life. And, and um, this was a side project and I was continuing to update the Ohio map anyways. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, of course, 2019 comes around and, and the pandemic hits. Right. And my work sends me to work from home, which was great. Uh, so I'm home all the time. My kids are off at college. And here I am with a lot of free time. Yeah. So <laughs> I was able to... Um, finish this national version uh, that I had started. I call it Map in Black. And um, and it got done because of the pandemic. Uh, I was able wow. to use all my extra kind of free time. I, I had a ton of free time like we all did because we were all kind of stuck at home. And so that was printed and, and came out July 1st of last year. I uh, did 5,000 copies. It's, it's the same size as the Ohio map. Um, huge 38 by 50 map. Um, so when you unfold it, it's very, very cumbersome, but, um, you know, that's what it, that's what you need to get the detail that I wanted. So, um, it's, it's the 50 States and a little bit of Canada, Mexico, Caribbean, just what, you know, you draw a rectangle around the U S and whatever is out there. Um, I mapped and, um, like I said, I spent 10 years just researching things, finding things that I thought were deserving to be on the map. Um, Probably nothing, uh, you know, that people aren't really into the cryptid world, like nothing that's too surprising. This is a map, a general map, probably more for your just um, somebody who maybe isn't necessarily into it. This would be a good map to show them the highlights of what's out there. Um, now, there are a thousand haunted spots on the map in black. There's 300 haunted spots on the Ohio map. So, I mean, there's a lot of detail, a lot of, lot of stuff on there. And, um, you know, dozens of cryptids across the country. Um, I, I, I don't put, like for the Ohio map, I, I could fill up the map with Bigfoot sightings and UFOs. Yeah, and the map would fill up totally. and it wouldn't, be, it wouldn't be readable. So you have to pick and choose. And I put on there, at least, at least for maybe Bigfoot in Ohio, uh, a representative sampling. Like so mm. I found kind of where a lot of the spots are. Mm-hmm. There's a lot more in southeastern Ohio. That's the foothills of the Appalachians. Right. Uh, more rugged, fewer people, um, forested. So uh, more Bigfoot sightings there. And so I put more there. I, I tried to represent accurately where more sightings are. And I did the same thing for the entire U.S., and um, so that's uh, those are the two maps I have right now, dude. I love it. So I'm just gonna. So right now, uh, this is live. If you're in the Patreon, if you're a member, and I just want to shout out. I believe we've got Daniel and Alan hanging out with us right now, and uh, uh, Daniel from Blue Room Insight Podcast, and uh, they're just going back and forth about how awesome the maps are. And I'll say personally, oh, man. You, you sent me some, and these maps are great. Mine are packed away because we're moving to a new house right now. So you know how that goes. But I'm going to get a studio set up. I got a studio shed. And then, bam, that map, dude. It's on the wall. Um, But, yeah, they're talking about Daniel's got two of them. Rock on, Daniel. Uh, They're talking about how the lizard man is on there. But, dude, I know there's a huge following about these maps. And I just want to clarify, are these maps, they're only in um, print form, correct? 
Well, they are. Yeah. Yeah. I'm curious. Uh, I want to ask you as, you know, uh, a cartographer, as a map guy, mm-hmm. um, why, why the, the uh, decision to go, you know, paper map only as to, you know, maybe today people are used to like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm just going to whip out my phone. I'm going to be like, hey, mm-hmm. Siri, show me where. Oh, sorry. I'm probably activating hundreds of people <laughs> listening to this. Um, <laughs> hey, phone, where is uh, where's the Bigfoot around here? So why is it important mm-hmm. to still have paper maps in, in today's world? Yeah, great question. You know, paper maps have, have sort of become irrelevant, but, um, you know, the maps on your phones don't show this stuff. That's true. Um, maybe they're starting to a little bit now, um, some of the places, but um, I, I've, I'm just kind of, I'm just um, old school. I, I love a paper map. I love an atlas, uh, the old Rand McNally, mm. the Delorme Gazetteers that they made for every state. Um, so uh, I just went old school. And, you know, the first map came out, I started it in 2005. And so the internet was there, but no mm. one had smartphones. So uh, paper map was really what, um, you know, I, re- I I'd had my mind set on that. So a little background, in 2000, 2001, I made a paper map of, um, of the U.S. That I, um, that I researched and, and printed and sold. And uh, so I play uh, the snare drum in a bagpipe band here oh, in Cincinnati. Cool. Yeah. Just, uh, you know, it's like the, the marching band snare drum. And, um, and we play with the bagpipers. So I've, I've done that for a long time, and it's a great other hobby of mine. But um, because I'm the map nerd, I thought, you know, here we are in Cincinnati. We've got a bagpipe band. How many other bagpipe bands are there? And I, I did the research there at the time. I did the research in 2000, 2001. There were 650 bagpipe bands in the U.S., wow. about 100 150 in Canada. So I, I pinpointed them all. And then I, I put Celtic festivals and Highland Games on there as well. So I printed that map. And um and I went around to the Highland Games that I would attend, and I would sell it for a couple bucks. And it was just okay. fun. And, again, it's just my my passion and my interest. So that was my my first foray into my own personal kind of ma- – like I, I worked for a company that made paper maps of different cities uh, all around the country for chambers of commerce. And we would print the maps oh, wow. and send them to the Chamber of Commerce and the, the – um, the businesses that belong to the chamber could advertise on the map with a little business card ad or whatever. And uh, that was their perk for being a chamber member. You had access and then you got free maps with your ad and then they would just give them out. They didn't sell the maps. They would just give them out. And it was their number. The chamber of commerce would always say that was their number one request is for a map of that city. Because if somebody's moving there or if somebody is visiting, the first thing you need is a map. Now, today, that's different because we all have our phones. But back when I worked for this company, uh, we we did these maps for different cities, so I was very used to uh, creating maps and paper maps. So it was it was my work, it was my background. Went to Des Moines, mapped Des Moines. Are you mapped uh, Des Moines? I mapped Des Moines, dude. You yep, know I'm from the, Central. I'm from Central Iowa. Did I, you know that? Yes, I you, did know you, that. That's you knew you did your homework. That's dude, why you I mentioned it. Des Moines. 
I drove out there um, and uh, and because we used to drive out there and we'd go to the county recorder's office, find the new subdivisions because oh. we wanted the, the most accurate maps available. And again, this was before like internet mapping folks. So don't think we were like right. just, you know, doing something that, that didn't make sense. This was in the 90s and, and early oh, 2000s. Wow. But um we did, um, you know, maps all over the country, but mostly like east of the Mississippi. Des Moines okay. was one one of the few that was west of the Mississippi. A lot in Florida, the Carolinas, East Coast, just different um, Midwest cities. And, uh, you know, the Chamber of Commerce would want a good map of their city, and they would want to update it every year, a street map with details of everything, schools and parks and points wow. of interest. So uh, we made detailed maps and uh, we made them on the computer, and then we had them printed, and and they they, were, they folded up, and so I've done hundreds of cities uh, uh, around the country. That is so cool. So we've talked about the the maps, but there's a part where I wanna I wanna try to get this in, is, and you you talk about it in your bio, but I want to okay. ask you, what is it? There's usually something where something clicks in the person that turns them to the cryptids or the weird stuff what was it for you that we're like oh man this cryptid weird stuff i'm loving this what was it that set you off for that it was december of 2004 Mm. my buddy brian davenport shout out brian i don't think he'll listen but i'll I'll tell him to so he can hear his name yeah brian what's up dude Yeah. yeah he's my he's my um Stepbrother, uh, okay. From another from another mother. All right. No, no connection, really. We just like to call each other that from the movie Stepbrothers with. Oh, dude. Will Ferrell and For John sure. C. Riley. Yeah, <laughs> we're, we're like that. That's us, man. You know. Um, so, um, so he came over and 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 uh, he, he and his uh, partner and, and I'm, I'm there with my family, my, my my two little kids at the time, Evan and Katie. Um, and um, he's like, you know, we always would rent movies and stuff. Yeah, this is when you rented movies. So we went out wherever, Blockbuster. And Yeah, we're going to have to explain this to yeah. a few listeners. Like, hey, guys, you had to yep. go to a uh, yep. this weird store that had yep. these, like, VHS boxes and yep. or DVDs. Probably Blockbuster. And we got a yeah. DVD. And um, guess what movie we got? 2004. Well, on DVD by then, I know what it is, but okay, yeah, okay. Well, for those out there listening, you know, you're guessing. Wait, 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 Daniel, Daniel or Alan, guess what it is right now. If you're listening, if you're listening right now, what movie was it? We'll see if they can guess. This is some interactive Patreon stuff right now. All right. Okay, we're gonna show it. Okay. Uh. Oh, it's a Mothman, guys. That's the hint. Early 2000s Mothman movie. All right. Let's just rip the Band-Aid off. What was the movie? Yeah, Mothman Prophecies. Dude, classic Richard Gere. It was, and I I had heard of it. I knew Richard Gere was in it. I didn't realize it was a movie about a true story. I didn't realize it was paranormal. I mean, Richard Gere. So, and I had seen it at the, at the, at the video store. And, uh, but so Brian, um, it's like, oh, you got to watch this. So we watched it. Here we are in Cincinnati, and we're watching it. And like, I am blown away. Mm. Ne- I'd never heard of Mothman. Never heard the name Mothman. Wow. 
Uh, granted, you know, it took place in the 60s. Sure. But it's a couple hours down the road from Cincinnati. It's yeah, just, dude. it's right down. I mean, yeah. we're on the Ohio River. Mothman was on the Ohio River. Um, you know, I grew up in Illinois. And again, you know, I was I was born in 68. So I was born, I guess, during the Mothman episodes. But um, yeah, um, I was amazed. I'm like, why have I never heard of this? And I need to know more. Yeah, so dude. it wasn't long after that we, um, I don't know if it was that weekend, I'll have to try to remember because this is kind of my, you know, story. This is my coming, coming, yeah, of, coming to Jesus, coming to Mothman story, <laughs> yeah, coming to the cryptids. Um, and, but it wasn't long after we were like, we, I have to go there. You and got it to. Was a, it was a you couple hours. We got everyone in the car, kids, my kids were like three and oh, five wow. at the time. Yeah. And, you know. Husbands, wives, uh, partner, everyone was in the car. We drove there, explored it. There's Point Pleasant. There's the Mothman statue. Yep. Um, the metal, metal, metallic statue. I took, we were there after dark. Um, and, uh, you know, my son was, was standing, leaning against Mothman. He's, barely above the pedestal that Mothman is on. Oh, wow. Yeah. And <clears throat> again, we don't have cameras on our phones at the time. So I take a picture of him and Mothman's red eyes reflect the flash and just a, this great red oh, illumination yeah. with my son uh, there. And um, so that was my first introduction. So then I'm like, okay, so, okay, I've, I've got my head around Mothman a little bit now. You know, I've watched the movie. We went there. We explored it. Um, and then I'm thinking to myself, what else is going on out there that I don't know yeah. about? I've always had an interest in the paranormal just growing up. And um, I've heard other people you've talked to mention, you know, In Search Of with Leonard Nimoy. I watched Classic. it original i mean i'm old enough oh yeah you know, oh I, man original nice dude i mean i you know i was probably 10 or 11 when it came out i think in the late perfect. 70s perfect um you know uh, the music i remember it the music uh with the weird synthesizers and he's talking about loch ness monster bigfoot uh, aliens uh all the all the great stuff and then the time life books come out in the early 80s and you know, I just ate that stuff up, you yeah, know, dude. Close Encounters of the Third Kind and, uh, uh, you know, 1977. I was eight or nine when that came out. I loved that movie. Um, oh, man. Just, uh, that, that, you know, it's part of our culture, that stuff. I mean, it's not a special story uh, for me. And we all we all experience that in, in um, pop culture. Um, so, um, but, uh, and I think a lot of us are fascinated by it. I was in particular... Um, I had a book from I think Scholastic Books called uh, "Strange and Like Strange Phenomena, Strange and Spooky Stories" or something like that. Nice, nice. And I've still got it somewhere. I mean, it's in bad shape, but there was a story about, and I think I don't know how true the stories were. I don't know if they were based. I'm sure they were based on maybe lore and, and myth, but there was one called. Uh, they were very short little stories in one little book. It was called "The Wamajima's Walk." And I don't know if I'm saying that right. Okay. But the gist of it, and they use a guy like John Smith shows up to right. uh, to Maine with his son, and they go up the Penobscot River, yep. and they find a little settlement, and then they see this flash, and it's this uh, this weird, weird creature, and when it turns sideways, it disappears because it's so skinny. 
and oh, it weird. attacks them and it bites them and it, and it gives Whoa. them this fever and the local Native Americans come over and say, you've been bitten by a Wamajimus walk and um, you need to leave the territory um, because this, you know, they can't, it's kind of mythological spirit. It's, is it a spirit entity? Is oh, it yeah. a real creature? Um, but that just, and again, here I am like trying to find this place on a map. Like I got, I want to oh, yeah, go yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Does the Wamajimus walk still exist? And because the story ends, it's so great. It's like, and to this day, <laughs> the the land uh, uh, the tributary of the Penobscot River is still fenced off, so nobody can inhabit it. And once in a while, a dead deer will be found leaning against the edge of the fence with strange oh, teeth snap. marks because it had some triangular teeth marks Ooh. that teeth marks that this creature would leave and it would bite you. And um, so I'm just like, ah. Oh blown away at this you know again i'm like 10 12 years old and just um yeah dude just uh love this like oh my gosh you know this happened in maine like this is in our country like and you know again i don't know if it's based on any true story but you know i'm sure it's based on you know there's something there i mean we have different native american lore uh about um different entities and you know this was this creature protecting the land for the native mm. americans i mean there's just a lot there yeah, to soak in exactly and and i didn't i didn't realize that at the time i just you know just thought it was a cool story but um looking back at it now i think about it and it's just it's really uh, i've still got the book and um oh awesome and and if we need to put the name in there i'll get the right spelling i've googled it i haven't really found anything about it so wow maybe they've changed the name or maybe they just decided to like to make something up i don't know but dude uh, i love i I enjoyed that stuff yeah when something like and to me that's what this is all about is like you know these these legends these cryptids like Mm -hmm. sometimes there's you know for me like i really like the van meter visitor but like for recent uh recently like i was reading david weatherly's new iowa cryptids book and okay he talks about like this thing called the iowa bigfoot information center in des moines in the 1970s oh. Oh. and there's no info on it so now i'm on this yeah. crazy adventure to try to track yeah. everything down i'm going to do mm-hmm. a thing about it in the future mm-hmm. uh for uh the patreon but it's like these old tales and legends they just totally grab mm. a hold of you but did you find when you were setting up the map in black that you know, people talk about there's these window areas around the U.S. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Did you find that, like, there's certain parts of the U.S. that really jumped out to you? You're like, wow, there's a lot of crazy stuff in this one area. Or did you have any any things like that happen? Uh, there's crazy stuff everywhere. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, there, there are certain areas that have more of certain things. Um the East Coast seems to have more hauntings. I don't know if it's mm. because it's just older and more historic. You know, Charleston, Savannah, and, you know, you go along the cities of the East Coast, um, St. Augustine, Florida. Oh, sure. Um, yeah. And then, but then, um, you know, you've got West Virginia and Kentucky and the Appalachians with, with the strange creatures, <laughs> Mothman, Flatwoods, Grafton, Monster, totally. um, Bigfoot. Um, you just go up and down the Appalachians and and you get uh, the cryptids. Uh, cryptids are, are all over, but I mean, it, there's there does seem to be a concentration of that. Uh, with the UFOs, um, I don't know if I've found a certain kind of epicenter. Again, you could fill up a map with 
people who have seen UFOs and, and you have to kind of pick and choose. True. And, and I really just kind of, I put some of the encounters on, on both maps, Ohio and, and the national map in black uh, of the, the, the sightings that kind of made the news that have kind of stayed relevant. Um, and maybe there are a few that are more obscure, but, um, and again, the map, um, you know, you only got so much room. So if there's something that is not, that is not on there and you're like, oh, why don't you have this? It's probably because I didn't have room on the paper and that space to put something on there. Um, you know, you just, you, I'm squeezing things in like, oh, you know, you're reading about it. Oh, this is so cool. I got to get this on the map. And then you're you're, you're like, oh, I, if I put this on, I got to delete something else. And, oh, that'd um, be rough. So, yeah, I mean, I can share my screen and, and, and bring up Map and Black if you want. Oh, yeah, let's, around. let's let's do that for a few okay. minutes, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Do I share an entire screen Um, or a window? Yeah. Uh, let's do a window. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, so I'm going to add this up here. Here we go. All right, so if you're listening to this on the audio podcast – uh, you're going to want to check out the YouTube be- version, definitely, because Jeff is showing right now uh, some parts of the map in black. Go ahead, Jeff. What are we looking at here? Uh, I'm just going to scroll around. Let's go down. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, we can go anywhere, but, um, you know, there's Iowa and plenty of room in Iowa to add stuff. But, um, you know, there's the Van Meter monster and some some of the I've, I've got four. Uh, different haunts in, in Des Moines. Uh, but, you know, when you get over to the East Coast, it really starts to get crowded. And um, and that's where you start to realize, like, what do I squeeze in the map? Kecksburg, Pennsylvania, famous, yes, famous UFO. UFO. They've, uh, they've got a festival that they do, uh, which I hope to go to this year. And then uh, we go down to West Virginia and... Uh, Grafton Monster, which I didn't have on the first edition of the map, so I've added that. I don't know why um, I didn't have that. Mothman was was seen in several spots in West Virginia. He, it's like he was kind of flying into Point Pleasant, like he was mm-hmm. he was seen uh, first in I think Clen, uh, in Clendenin, and then um, down in St Albans, and then he ended up uh, I think he was in Salem, and then so I kind of show that arrival at Point Pleasant. And um, so um, there's just, and I'm zoomed way in. I mean, if you're, if you have the paper map, you know, you have to like almost get a magnifying glass to see some of the stuff, but um, uh, it's just. Um, so you know, you've got the, the red, the red icons. It uh, looks like they're your cryptid. Correct. Okay. Yes. Red icon. Anything in red is a cryptid. And I use kind of different categories. I've got, you know anything that's sort of a werewolf or a demon, a dog or a or a dog man. I've got your classic Bigfoot, which is I kind of use the uh, Patterson Gimlin silhouette right, exactly. where he looks back, so everyone recognizes that Wild Man or Bigfoot. There's so many different names. Uh, anything with a ghostly handprint is a haunted spot. I've got a couple of weird spots where where there are lights. Um, Brown Mountain. Oh, dude, that's been coming up in the last few episodes for As, some reason yes. or another. Yeah, the Brown Mountain lights. Yep. So, I mean, that's weird. There's Marfa lights in Texas. Mm. 
that are unexplained. There's a couple of three spots around the country that have these weird lights. Uh, scientists think it's the, the lights from the, low, the nearby highway are getting reflected and deflected. And, you know, they try to use some different science stuff. I don't know. Um, <laughs> and um, uh, so then I've got ancient American earthworks. Now, on the new edition of the map, I'm going to have um, this purple symbol uh on the first edition it's a big orange symbol okay I, I didn't really like how that was represented after it got printed there's lots of orange dots it almost looks like the map has measles so i i took away the orange and i just left this symbol this is like a, an earthwork or a mound so that's kind of my representation of just like that could be a circle it could be a mound it could be the sun which you know um Ancient Americans definitely had a connection awesome. with with the with the astronomical calendar. Uh, let's find a UFO here real quick. We can go over here. Yep. Uh, that's the Nashville. classic. I, I just used um, the classic flying saucer symbol. Uh, we've got the Mantell incident. There were um, there's a couple places. You know, you know, you got to squeeze things in. Like you got to move it around to make sure you're not like. You know, text over text and stuff. Here's the land between the lakes. We've got um, yeah, LDL dogman yep. stuff. Yep. yep, land between the lakes. That's a great area. I know mm -hmm. Jess is uh, looking into that uh, hellbound. Oh yeah, and, hellbent uh, holler, dude. Yes, gotta love them. Yeah. I'll give you a quick story, uh, Jeremiah, of of my favorite. Uh, I mean, UFO invasion of '73 could be anywhere and everywhere. So I put that in a few spots around uh, the country because people all around the country saw stuff in the fall of 1973. My favorite UFO story, uh, one of my favorites, is the Neff Spar police chase, uh, mm. April 17th, 1966. And I'll stop sharing now. If, all right. If that's okay. Sounds good. Um, and, you know, I found that out when I was researching my map in black. Or I'm sorry, my head in Ohio. So these two police officers, Portage County, Ohio, Officer Neff, Officer Spar, come out of a diner at 5.30 in the morning and see this bright light in front of them. They get in the car. They start to chase it. It takes off. They chase it across northeastern Ohio. Wow. Northeastern Ohio, where they were, is rolling hills. Not really the Appalachian foothills, but it's, it's unglaciated territory. And they actually go into Pennsylvania, and they finally realize, hey, we are out of our jurisdiction. They're running low on gas. Other police officers in different jurisdictions had had gone with them as they chased this light. Wow. They go back. They you know do their paperwork, whatever. Uh, this was a time when the government was uh, looking into Bigfoot sighting. I'm sorry, uh, UFO sightings. Right, right. Um, I don't. I, I don't know if this was still Project Blue Book at the time. I'm sure somebody out there will know. But um, they came and investigated, and they told these two officers and, and you know made the official report that they were chasing Venus as it rose in the morning sky. Hmm. I mean, these officers said the light was so bright that it made their eyes water. Wow. And they chased it, and it, like, it continued to elude them, but stayed close oh, enough man. that they could still see it. So um, years later, a reporter tracked one of them down. I don't remember which name, uh, which officer, Neff or Spar, but um, he said that he wished he'd never seen it. He said it ruined his life. Really? That's yes. wild. And these are the cases where like, he never wrote a book. He never mm. sold his rights. He, I mean, this guy... 
like he quit the re- police force. He said, you know, they they ridiculed him. I guess at one point he'd opened a bar, and I think he'd become, you know, maybe a little uh, victim of the bottle and um, mm. divorce, living in a trailer, and just um, oh, wow. and he said, and and so these are the stories. Is like, why would he make this up? I mean, this is this is something happened here. Um, so these stories, and, and, and there, there are hundreds and thousands for, for UFOs, for wow. cryptids, Bigfoot that, uh, that are out there. And these are, this is why I, I, like, I am undecisive. I, I just don't know what's happening. I, I know something is going on. I don't have answers. If you were to ask me where I thought Bigfoot was, I, I don't know. Mm. That, is a, that is an awesome story. I love it. Dude, Neff Spar Police Chase. It's all, it's out there. You can look at the original. Oh, so here's a connection that I believe is um, is legit. Steven okay. Spielberg grew uh-huh. up in Ohio. I don't know if he was here at the time. This happened in 1966, but ten years after this police chase, Close Encounters of the Third Kind comes out. Okay, what happens in Close Encounters? Police officers. Multiple police cars are chasing UFOs Boom. down the highway. Now, in his in this movie, he puts it in Indiana. This is in rural Indiana where he sets that scene in Close Encounters, where there and the one police car like flies off the road and crashes through the fence. But they're chasing Classic. UFOs. This is right out of the Neff Spar police chase, I believe. Oh, we took that from Wild. Yeah. Wild. And Reality like, becomes Hollywood. It, it that's that's the way it goes, and that's just like one of the that's from just one of the dots on the map in black. And like, yeah. is there? Do you have a number? There's got to be hundreds and hundreds of points of interest on this map. I would think. Map in black has a thousand haunted spots, wow. dozens of cryptids, dozens of UFO sightings, hundreds of ancient American earthworks, which. I don't necessarily are, I'm trying to say they're paranormal. I just like ancient right. American earthworks and I made the map so I can put on it, whatever I want. Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> um, and, and, you know, when I, I made the Ohio map first in Ohio, especially Southern Ohio, South central Ohio is really known for its earthworks. Mm. Uh, the ancient Hopewell culture was centered around Southern Ohio, Chillicothe, um, uh, Ohio in particular. So um, Serpent Mound is down there, which is the largest effigy mound in the world, shaped like a snake, and um, is um, aligned with the summer solstice sunset. The snake head points to where the sun sets, and there are other astronomical alignments to this. And I, I'm just blown away by this stuff. I'm like, we don't know everything that they were putting into this. It's lost to history. And um, so not that it's paranormal, but it's mysterious to me. And so I, I put it on the Ohio map. And then because of that, I also have a category for ancient American earthworks and other mounds. And uh, I have medicine wheels. I, I visited wow. uh, the big wheel um, in northern Wyoming two summers ago. Okay. When I, my kids and I went out to Glacier National Park and, and some other parks, Yellowstone. And oh, on the yeah. way back, we hit the big medicine wheel in northern Wyoming. It's a huge stone medicine wheel um, with 32 spokes and, and a circle. Now, they don't know why they made 32 spokes. One theory is that 
bison have 32 ribs. Whoa. And so I'm like, okay. There you go. Coincidence? Or Whoa. does the medicine wheel represent some lore and, and spiritual wild. connection to the bison, which they relied on for oh, their, big time. Yeah. For, for their uh, for everything, for, for food and for uh, clothing and, and just uh, so there's so much out there that just that uh, just really uh, intrigues me, dude. I'm loving it. Yeah, we're we're taking a. How about this? I'll say for future trips, mm -hmm. I'll probably have the map in black with me. Um, <laughs> I hope because, so because I mean it opens up a world to you that you're not going to find on Google Maps. You know exactly. It's like, this is it's different, but. But you know we're we're actually believe it or not we're we're into the last minutes of the main show. Share with uh, the listeners again, you know how they can get a copy of your maps, and if it's a thing, uh, can we actually like meet you in person? Do you go to any, you know, uh, uh, festivals, things like that? Yeah, I've actually geared up this year, and um, you know I used to just hang out in Ohio, but now that I have map in black. Uh, that came out last year. I'm, I'm trying to uh, to go out to a, to a few places outside of Ohio. So um, nice. I'll be in Iowa. I'll be at the Van Meter Visitor Festival. Oh, dude! Yes, um, I will see I'm you there. A, oh, awesome! Nice. Um, so yeah, I'll have the map there and some other merch. Um, you know, my maps are my thing, and and that's what that's what I can give to the community. That's my that's my um, skill set. And, and that's what I put out there for people. And um, so I've got the maps. But, you know, I made a few stickers. I made a few T-shirts. Nice. I've got Mothman T-shirt and sweater that I'll, I'll, I'll be selling. Nice, nice. Um, and just to round out the table. I mean, if I'm going to have a table, I might as well have a few extra things. But oh, the maps sure. are, are the main thing. And I've got some maps that are um, that I'm doing for little micro maps. Um, so, like, I've, I've got... I did some maps here that you can see uh, that are okay. more of an antique format. Here's West Virginia. Yeah, cool. they, they look old fashioned. Oh, so nice. I'm starting to do that for different states. I'm just taking the data off the map in black and, and just making a print of, of each I state like 11 it. by 17. So, uh, yeah, so I'll be out there at a couple different places. I'm going to the Wytheville UFO Festival in a couple of uh, weeks. Daniel was asking about that in the in yeah. the chat. He's going to be happy to because he going. So many people are going to be at that thing. From what I've Good. heard, sounds yeah. like he's going to be there. Yeah, I'll have a table at that Hockey Hills Ohio Bigfoot Festival, the first of its kind nice. in August. Um, I put in an application for Kecksburg, Pennsylvania. We'll see okay. if um, they accept my application for that. Uh, where else am I going out of state? Um, Crypticon. Crypticon. Yeah, yes, dude, I'll be course. there too. I'll see you awesome. there too. Yeah. Awesome. I mean, yeah, that's right down for me. 90 minutes from Cincinnati. I'll be down there in Lexington. Um, so yeah, if you just go to mapandblack.com, you can okay. buy the map from me um, on my website. And uh, if you want Hidden Ohio map, go to CelticMaps.com. I'm not very efficient. I have two separate websites for each <laughs> map. All right. I, that's I, all right. Um, so that's just how I am, but, uh, I, you know, I'm not a biz, I'm not just, you know, I just do this for fun, but, um, I mean, it's more than fun. I mean, it, it's, it's a serious interest of mine, but, um, the fun part is like sharing it with other people. The fact that they actually are interested because yes. I'm interested. I just do it for my own sake. And I, I originally made the map because I watched Mothman prophecies and I wondered what was out there. I'm like, 
maybe oh. other people like the stuff too. So I started plotting it on the map and then I'm like, why don't I just print it out and sell it? So, so good. It's so good. Jeff, thank you so much for coming on. I'm going to have those links in the show notes so people can either pick up one from you uh, when they're at a festival that you're at, or they can pick one up online or maybe both. Because as Daniel said, Daniel said in the comments, he said he's got two, one for framing, two Mm -hmm. for putting pins in. So there you go. See what I'm saying? Daniel, I want pictures. You got to have two. Put so, pictures on Map and Black Facebook and Instagram, please. There you go. There you I go. But, see that. Uh, Jeff's going to hang out for a uh, the after show where uh, we're going to talk about some more stuff. Maybe have some some uh, Patreon questions as well. But again, Jeff, thanks so much for coming on tonight. Thanks for having me, Jeremiah. This has been so fun. Real quick announcement before we head out. Uh, Got the opportunity of going on my first Bigfoot expedition at the end of July. Currently, I'm uh, trying to raise money to buy gear for that. If you want to specifically support Bigfoot Society, and uh, you know, as I go into my first Bigfoot expedition, uh, feel free to do that by going over to the Bigfoot Society Etsy page and buying a t-shirt over there. That will help fund my gear for that expedition. Uh, You can also join the uh, Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Bigfoot forward slash the Bigfoot Society. I'm about to talk talk about that again in a few minutes. But uh, that's where you'll be able to see I'll be putting some interviews uh, from that expedition plan is to put some extra content directly from that uh, expedition into the Patreon. So definitely uh, support the podcast through there as well. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the Bigfoot Society podcast. Please take a few minutes to review the show on iTunes five stars as it does help us get into the eyes and ears of more listeners on iTunes. Uh, That will help us just get bigger and bigger and get even better quality guests for future shows. Uh, Also, if you have any Bigfoot encounters or cryptid encounters, please send your stories and uh, audio and photos, whatever you've got, over to BigfootSociety at gmail.com. If you'd like to become more involved with Bigfoot Society and get some extra content, we do have a Patreon uh, where you can get all sorts of cool things. For example, for $7 a month, you get extra Bigfoot Society content, uh, usually interviews, but other things as well. You get a sweet membership card and a vinyl sticker that I sent you in the mail. You get access to the Bigfoot Society After Show, which is an extra interview after the main interview with the weekly guest. And usually they are up for uh, Patreon members to be in that extra show segment with them and me. And you get to ask your uh, question live to them and get an answer from the guest, which as you've seen what guests we've had in the past, this could be a really big deal. There's also a private Discord where you can get involved with uh, talking to me one-on-one and the community there and that's always a great time you can find the patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash the bigfoot society we're very thankful for all our supporters that we have in so many different ways and appreciate uh, all our listeners coming back week after week to listen to more cryptozoology based interviews Uh, thanks so much for listening and we'll see you next time
The views and opinions expressed are those of the guest and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of Bigfoot Society. Any content provided by our guests are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, 